This is Education Matters, brought to you by the Ohio Education Association. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Education Matters, your source for insightful conversations about the topics that matter most in Ohio's public schools. I'm Katie Olmsted, part of the communications team for the Ohio Education Association and your regular podcast host. Regular listeners know one topic that comes up over and over again here, not surprisingly, is the pandemic. We are now two years into this thing, and it has colored the school experience for all of our students and school staff. The co-president of the Allen East Education Association is working hard to guide everyone through it on multiple fronts. David Pryor is not only a local leader for his fellow staff members, but as an award-winning school nurse, he's often the first point of contact, or the only trusted health contact, for many people in his community. And recently, Ohio Senator Sherrod Brown turned to Pryor, too, asking him to take part in a virtual roundtable with educators around the state to talk about the state of mental health in our schools and what our school communities need. We asked David Pryor to share his thoughts with us, too. David Pryor, thank you so much for joining us today. We've talked a lot about mental health of, of students and staff through this pandemic. I want to know how you're doing. Yeah, uh, gosh, uh, it's been quite a um, interesting two years. Um, I, I've seen a lot of, of different things, um, seen a lot of ups and downs and peaks and valleys. I know we, we've talked uh, a lot with staff and administrators and and parents that, you know, it kind of feels like almost a hurricane. We've, we've been hit hit with it initially. We really didn't know. We went home and, and there was a lot of fear and anxiety. And, um, and we kind of got back into last year and, and we said, let's try it, you know, see what we can do. And, and we had teachers cleaning desks and we were, um, you know, we were just, it was all hands on deck. And I feel like we put all the energy we could into last year. And then now we're back. And, uh, you know, I think in the summer, everyone, you know, the numbers were down and people were like, okay, I think we're, we're through this. And then unfortunately the Delta wave came. Um, and I, I use the analogy of a hurricane because I feel like the June time was like the eye of the hurricane. And then it kind of hit again. Um, and now the Omicron variant is, is, is hit us as well. Um, but I, but hopefully we'll, you know, with anything, it's going to continue to pass through and, and we're going to get back to normal. But, um, I know, um, you know, there's been stressful times for myself, um, and stressful times for the staff. Um, but I, I think luckily together, we've, we've been able to kind of hold it together. Um, uh, but it, it's definitely, um, I think there's been times of stress and, and emotions and, 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 um, you know, just trying to work through it together, um, and, and try to brace for impact, I guess, for lack of better words. What does that look like on the day to day? What are you seeing with the students you serve and, and with the staff members you serve with? Yeah. So, uh, some mornings it, it starts at six in the morning. I'll get a staff member, uh, that'll text me or call me and say, what do I do? Um, and, and it's really, um, you know, I, I kind of went from, uh, really just try to guide people. Uh, this is what you do. This is what the protocol is. This is what the CDC protocol is, how long you'll be out. So, uh, some Monday mornings, um, you know, I'll, I'll have 25 to 30 voicemails, um, on, on my phone to call back and, Oh my uh, people are just seeking answers, whether it's parents or it's uh, staff members. Like, what do I do about my kids? What do I do about my aging grandmother? Or, um, I, you know, one of the, and, and I, I talked to her that I could share this. Um, uh, the co-union president here with me, her, her son, unfortunately, um, 
come down with COVID. Um, and, um, and she was kind of talking, talking to me through this and, uh, she would call and ask for advice. And, and, uh, unfortunately he, he worsened and, um, and, and he got admitted, um, and they intubated him and they shipped him to Ohio state. And, and for about 30 days, he was intubated. Um, now luckily, uh, he is one of the lucky ones. He, he actually was extubated and, and he's home now. Um, and, um, and that was a, that was a very trying time for her and, and the, the whole staff really, uh, just the raw emotion of it. Um, and, and you know, just trying to work, work her through that, um, was pretty tough. Um, but I, and, and even kids, you know, we've, we've had kids here that their mom and dad or grandma and grandpa have been innovated and they're at the school. Um, and, and we've had kids that have missed 30, 40 days of school in the last year. Um, so, and, and these are kids that are normally pretty good, uh, stellar students that are just missing so much school, they're falling behind. And that, and that's, uh, quite sad, you know, from that standpoint. Um, and we've had kids miss, uh, you know, I've had to tell seniors on their last football game or basketball game or volleyball game, you can't play. Um, and, and that's tough. Um, kids with modified graduation and no prom. And, um, so, you know, there's been a lot of that, um, back and forth and it, it, it it's definitely been tough for sure. It sounds like you deal with a lot of the medical needs as a school nurse, but right. the, the psychological needs, it sounds like everyone's grieving. Even people who haven't lost loved ones, they're grieving the life they're missing. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, uh, we, we actually, we're very fortunate here because um, we are a small community, um, kind of a farming community type school. Um, and we have about 1,300 students, um, but we have three certified social workers here at the school, uh, which is, uh, we have one for each uh, building level. So elementary, middle, and high school. Um, and, and I think, you know, I, I talked to them um, about this uh, actual subject. And, you know, I think a big thing um, that they even expressed is just not only have we seen an uptick in, in students, you know, just being maybe a little, having, having a little bit more anxiety, uh, the staff as well. Um, and, and they, um, I think, you know, to a certain brink, they've, they've been kind of just pushed to a level where they're just very uh, worked up and agitated um, in the students as well. Um, and I think, you know, they they feel burnout emotionally and, um, and then we see them, some of the physical symptoms, you know, people have chest pain or they're, um, they have headaches or they're, you know, there's, there's some other uh, physical symptoms that we see. And then, and then we work with the social workers to, um, kind of get them referrals. I know they, they were saying there's even an uptick just in, um, referrals to outside services, uh, with kids and adults alike. Um, and so, uh, definitely, I think there's a lot of people who are, it's been a long two years uh, uh, for everybody, parents, students, staff, um, and, and I think people are, are affected by it, unfortunately. Let's rewind the clock. Let's pretend it is March 2020. Could you ever see what your life has become two years later? I, I don't know if I could have forecasted. I, I can remember the night we were going to close because my wife and my daughter and I were we're having ice cream. We went to a Dairy Queen for ice cream and uh, it, there was no one, no one in there. Um, and um, yeah, I, I, I remember that uh, pretty vividly. Um, and uh, I, I don't think I could have ever forecasted that we would be doing this this long um, and that it would be this intense uh, and that we'd lose this many Americans um, in, in worldwide. Um, but definitely, um, you know, it's, I knew it was going to be interesting. Um, I know 
when when some you know, we had kind of an uptick in illnesses and the year before that we had a lot of flu cases it, it was a it was a heavy amount of flu cases and and we got i mean we had i think in, in points we had 18 percent of this the pop you know student population out oh my goodness um, so we were hit real the year before that with flu so it was like is this another flu year but i had a lot of kids that weren't you know we were just like oh man and then then it all kind of shut down and um but yeah I, I don't know if i could have ever to be honest forecasted to the extent we'd still be here in uh february 1st of 2022 and we'd still be battling to the extent we are um but but it's definitely been a it's definitely it's definitely been a long two years how has your job changed in those two years because of the pandemic and because of the different needs now versus back then? Sure. Yeah, I, I would say um, definitely a lot more focused on, I would say, the community side of this this role. Um, I think steering people into what do I do? Where do I go? Um, you know, what referrals? Uh, where You know, how do I go get a test? Where do I get a test? How do I get answers? Um, how long am I out? Um, you know, I, unfortunately, the, there's only so many hours in the day. Um, and, and with some of the COVID restrictions, you know, we used to do a lot more in-class education stuff on uh, health promotion, but we really haven't had a chance to get to do all of that, unfortunately. Um, and just, I mean, even the day-to-day, I, I spend hours uh, with COVID uh, versus, you know, getting to be maybe a little more, um, maybe a little more hands-on with the kiddos, which is, Hopefully we'll get back to that. Um, and I've even gone to a mobile, um, you know, when the COVID first kind of hit, we, we used my, we closed my whole office and used it as an isolation room. Um, that way, if a kid had COVID symptoms, they came down here and then we sanitized in between. And I'm actually still on a mobile cart. So the teachers call me um, and I, I go to the kiddos and they stay in the room and then I treat them and we, and we take them if they have symptoms and that way they're not you know, we don't have a whole crowd down here that are being exposed to each other. Are you burnt out? Um, that, that's a lot every single day. I, w- I would say, I would say, um, you know, I, I came from the ER. I, I worked in the ER and then I was a trauma manager before, before I came here. So I would say that kind of uh, seasoned me for some of this. Um, but I, I would say, I mean, there, there are days where I go home and I'm pretty tired. Um, and, but I, I think I always say, um, if you do a job that you love, it's never really work. Um, so I think that's been able to get me through a lot of it. Um, cause I do, I do enjoy, and I love helping people, um, and, and getting people. That's the whole reason why I went into this profession. Um, so I, I think the big thing, I, I there is a light at the end of the tunnel. I know we're going to get through it cause we are resilient. Um, but I, I think I can tell my staff members are pretty burnout. And I try just to stay positive for them um, because they, I can tell some of them and even the students, some of them just need someone to smile and just be happy. <laughs> Cause I think there's a lot of negativity, unfortunately, um, everywhere. You mentioned we're resilient. We'll get through this. I've also heard you talk about how we'll get through this, but we need some resources. And I understand that's something uh, you told Senator Brown during a recent roundtable. What can you tell me about that? Yeah, I, th- I think, um, yeah, so um, so we, uh, last week met with Senator Brown, um, and it was a very good conversation on, on staff and students' mental health um, related to uh, the pandemic and, and how that's affected uh, kiddos and adults. Um, actually, it was, 
I think maybe even worse than, than what, uh, I think hearing everyone, it, we're all going through the same thing. Um, it, it was, uh, kind of sad to hear, um, the uptick in, in, uh, drug use and, um, just some of the sad stories that you hear from, from other districts as well. And, and I, we, we battle it here as well too. Um, but it, it, it really puts a, a different light that, that we really truly do have a gap and we, we need some help. And, and I think, um, I think the big thing is that, you know, I, I think that if we can work together and we can put some resources, I, th I think more uh, kind of a big takeaway from that whole meeting is just, it's tough to get kids into referral patterns and, and having providers. Um, and I think the providers are so swamped as well. Um, and I, I think, you know, we have kiddos here. It takes, you know, a couple of months to get them into a provider to see somebody for, for mental health, which is, which is kind of tough for a parent, puts them in a tough spot. Um, and then the kid kind of struggles for a couple of years or a couple of months. Um, so yeah, I mean, ho hopefully we can uh, work together. And I, I think it sounds like, it sounds like we're, you know, we're on the right step because first, you know, we, Hey, there's a problem. We identified the problem. Um, it's just, you know, we got, we're going to have to continue to work and build resources around school districts, uh, whether they're public or private and, and continue to support kids and staff, um, and new teachers. I know, um, they talked in that meeting about new teachers and, and the last, if you've taught in the last two years, this is, this is all, you know, um, and anyway, I kind of, I brought up my daughter's, uh, two years old and she only knows COVID. Um, uh, she only knows people wearing masks and, you know, hand, hand sanitizer and washing your hands. And um, it, it's just uh, something we kind of take for granted every day. But a, a new educator is they only know COVID protocol. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting when we hopefully get out of this, that, uh, you know, that we can retain those people and build support around them and, and continue to uh, help, help them grow. And, and I'm sure the COVID situation has not helped the recruitment problem that Ohio has faced bringing new educators into the profession. Right. Uh, I would not want to be a teacher right now. I'm not going to lie. I, I have two pandemic babies. I, the world is upside down. Um, so I, there's just no other way to put that. And it's already so hard to be a teacher, adding the COVID stress on top of that. What would be your message to somebody who is coming up, who is thinking about what they want to do with their lives about what the future holds for educators. Yeah, I, I so I, I, I hear a lot of people talk and I talk to a lot of teachers um, and I hear people say, I, I don't think someone would want to go into education nowadays. And um, and I, I think kind of reverting back to, to what I said, if you do something you love, it's never a job. And I think I think people get into education to help kids um, and, and they want to educate kids and, and help foster their lives and be good mentors. And I think... Um, people have to just dig down deep and, and really think this is the reason I'm doing this is to help kids. Um, and I, I want to educate them and I want to get them, uh, I want to be a mentor and I want to, I want to get them, um, you know, support. And, and be honest, I always say this, uh, some of these kiddos, unfortunately it's the best seven and a half hours of their day. Um, and you, and you can be, you can really be the changing light in their life. Um, I had teachers when I was in school that they really inspired me. And, and I think if we can dig down deep to remember and kind of fade away all the negative and all the negative things that are going on and, uh, for someone new, and this is a great profession, um, you get to positively impact kids' lives every day. Um, and, and there's no other job you can say you can do that. 
Um, and that, that's what I would say to new educators and, and old educators alike. I, people who have been doing it for 30 years. You truly are a positive light and an impact on a kid's life. And how did you end up in the school setting? You mentioned you were a trauma manager. You were in an ER. That's yeah. quite the change when you go into a school. Yes, it, it, it sure was. Um, so this is actually home for me. Um, so I, I, um, I graduated and knocked the building down that I graduated from. But this, this is my alma mater. Uh, so when the job came open, I, I didn't think I was nearly qualified or, or even had a chance to get the job, be honest with you. But um, I, I really like pediatrics and I like working with kids. And um, I coach football here. And, and um, you know, I, I, I was like, you know, I told my wife, I'm like, I'm going to I'm going to put my name in the hat and, and we'll see what happens. And um, they interviewed me and, and somehow out of a stroke of luck, I I got the job and, and I was lucky enough to get the privilege to get to do this job. Um, I still think to this day, it's a privilege to get to do it every day and, and kind of give back to the community that gave so much to me. What are the differences? Uh, obviously, I imagine the, the pace, the severity of the things you're dealing with, but primarily working with children versus working with the general population. What yeah. are the differences in those patients? Oh, well, I, th- I think a lot of them have some of the same similarities. Um, I think the severity, I mean, Hopefully, hope, hope to goodness we never get anything of some of the severity that I would see in the ER. But, um, you know, we, we get all kinds of different um, things and, and see different different types of injuries. Um, the pace of a normal year pre-COVID um, was definitely a little bit slower than the ER most days. Um, but I could do a lot more educational pieces and, and stuff like that, uh, which, which is really fun to do. Uh, with the kiddos. Um, but I, I would say it, it definitely has a different, um, a different, more educational piece versus, hey, I got, you know, multiple, uh, you know, bullet holes or whatever that would be. Um, you know, it's a little bit different pace from that standpoint. And I have to imagine in terms of the relationships you can create, ER patients you see for a very short time, the students you work with, you see day in and day out. Yes, yeah, students and to be honest with you, even the parents, um, you know, some of them I've had, you know, three of their kids this is my eighth year doing this. So I've had, you know, a couple of their kiddos through the system. And um, it's kind of neat to see some of the people I graduated with or went to school with their kiddos are coming in. Um, so, you know, kind of building those relationships and, and be able to guide them. And, um, you know, people really rely on, you know, that first line opinion, um, like, hey, my kid has a big red mark with a boil coming out of it. What do you think that is? And maybe they wouldn't have taken them to the doctor if I didn't look at it. Uh, so it's kind of that uh, conduit or community resource to say, oh, no, I would get that looked at right away. And, um, you know, sometimes it could really save a kid or adult. Um, and I, I think it's pretty pivotal. And to be honest with you, I think it keeps kids in, in school uh, versus, you know, you can build that relationship with a kiddo and say, well, maybe you just had a bad day. Um, and really don't have a stomach ache. You're just having a bad day and, you know, we can keep you in class. Um, and I, I think once you get to know those kiddos and, and some of my the eighth graders I've had since they were kindergartners, so I know them pretty well. So I think that that really adds to the relationship. And you were recently recognized for your phenomenal work. What can you tell me about that big award? Yeah. So I, I got, um, I actually, I always say, I, I definitely don't, I don't deserve the um, the recognition of it. I, 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 there's definitely people who do a whole lot more than I do. Um, I got nominated, uh, for the life changer of the year award and, and the, 
uh, I believe they choose in the spring um, the winner of that. Um, but I, um, like I said, I, I, uh, I, I think there's definitely people who do a whole lot more than I do. Um, and uh, it, it definitely is um, very humbling that, that they would, uh, you know, kind of put, put my name in, into that, uh, even in that realm of that I would be a life changer uh, of the year. Um, but I, I, you know, that I, I kind of told, um, when, when they initially, uh, interviewed me for this, uh, for this award, um, you know, to get us through COVID, it definitely wasn't just me. And I know the teachers, you know, I talked to, like I said, I talked to a lot of teachers and, um, they were put, they had a lot on them and our custodial staff and our secretaries and our administrators and our parents and our students, I think together, um, I think if we want to give an award, it should just be as a community. Uh, we really uh, came together and, um, you know, some, you know, the teachers were posting online and they were posting in the classroom and we had teachers scrubbing the desk and we had, you know, janitors working, you know, double, you know, it was, people were, were working and really working hard and the secretaries, the phones were ringing off the hook and late nights for administrators and uh, bus drivers were sanitizing extra and, um, you know, the parents, you know, were put in a tight spot with keeping kids home for 14 to 20 days. And, um, there, there just was, there was a lot of sacrifice, um, by a lot of people. And, um, I'm just, like I said, I'm lucky enough to get to get to do this job and, and, and be in this spot and, and work with a great group of educators. Um, we, we have a great group of teachers here and, and a great group of students and staff. And, um, and I, I would say there's, this is a great place to be and a great place to work. And you sound like a great asset to that community. David Pryor, thank you so much for taking the time to share your experience with us. Thank you for having me. After receiving the Life Changer of the Year Award, David Pryor was featured in a That Ohio Vibe video showcasing his work. There's a link to see it in the episode notes for this podcast. And while you're there, like or subscribe to Education Matters wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a thing. New episodes drop every Thursday. Until next time, stay well.